Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of The Christian Contrarian. I'm Gary Wayne, author of The Genesis 6 Conspiracy, and this is episode 49, The Seals and the Trumpets as we move forward with end-time chronology overlaid on to what Jesus talked about and provided for us in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 17, and Luke 21. And in episode 48, we talked about the seven churches. And I wanted to talk separately about the seven churches, kind of away from the timing as we start to move into the last seven years and the birth pangs uh, and all of the signs that Jesus was talking about, just to sort of talk about that as a separate entity. And I wanted to go back and underline a couple of things from episode 49, some of the things I may not have underscored quite as well as I ought to have. So when we look at the seven churches, we know that they were in existence at that time afterwards and will be also into the end time until the church is removed from this world. And you still have after that those who are not taken in rapture, who are still alive, and who are not taking the mark of the beast, and who will be killed and or survive into the millennium afterwards. But those who are killed will be resurrected at the beginning of, of the, the, the millennium. So the church age is always there after Jesus leaves and builds his church, beginning with Peter and the disciples. And this is a concept that is timeless. So it's all three in terms of how the chronology works, but they're also represented in terms of that timeless sort of aspect that they're always meant to be. And that through free choice, things are playing out. And so we see the seven lamps or the seven candlesticks that are recorded in Revelation 1, 12 to 13, 2, 1, and 4, 5, first represented at the creation of Israel before the church is even thought of, before they reject their uh, Messiah. And in Exodus 25, 37, we get the seven candlesticks which are also the seven stars, which are the angels of the seven churches. And that comes to fulfillment as we learn about that in chapters one through five on the seven churches. And these seven candlesticks are represented in Zechariah four, verse two. And those are the same candlesticks for the seven angels and the seven churches that are represented around the throne of God even then because they always were going to be part of it. And what's also interesting is we also get the two uh, olive trees 
standing beside the seven churches as, as well, which is going to come into um, play in the trumpets and the time of the seals, as in those appointed for, for the earth, the two witnesses. And so when we look at the seven churches, these are represented in all of the times of the church. And so when we take that back to Matthew and happening before the seals and happening before the major part of the birth pangs that start to take place in the fig tree generation, which is the generation of the last in the world bringing on the last seven years, we understand that there's a period of a church age between the time of Jesus' death and to now and into the end time in the last seven years. So there's a church age here. And that's important to understand in terms of some of the other references that we're going to talk about to today, particularly with the first fruits. And this is the time of wars and rumors of war. When Jesus talk about, talks about that the end is not yet and many people will be deceived, all of this happens in, in the church age. And I think that's in, in, in Matthew 4 through 6, that's the age that Daniel is talking about in Daniel 11 with this almost non-understandable by the complexity of the numbers of the kings of the south and the history of the wars and rumors of war that are continuing to go back between the powers that are trying to take control over the world but are not able to until the ordained time which is going to come about with the with the seal judgments and that's what we've seen throughout history and with the sizes of the wars getting stronger and stronger and stronger and so we should look for multiple wars, multiple skirmishes, and wars getting stronger in the birth pangs and even before the seal judgments. So I would expect that we're going to see things that are Armageddon-like even before we get into the seals because we can't imagine what the trumpets and the seals and the ultimate wrath bowls destruction is going to look like. So we need to sort of keep that into perspective. And so if we understand that we have a period before that Jesus is sort of quickly covering and Daniel covers in more detail, and then we move into the birth pangs starting in Matthew 24, 8 of what is going to happen as we start to approach the period of the seals, things start to make some more sense. And so as we end Revelation 5 and we approach Revelation 6, we need to understand what that prophetic timing is. And so Revelation 6 becomes a culmination of ever-increasing birth pangs in the last generation. And so when we're seeing like pandemics like the COVID, that's starting to come in in a way that is funneling into the end game of the globalists to bring about a universal religion and a world government. And we start to see all the things they do to take advantage of that, to continue to put that in place as we go, but we're not there yet. And 
This is the time of the trumpets just before Daniel 9.27 that starts the last year because that's a consummation of the world government and the countdown begins for the last seven years with the abomination at the midpoint as Daniel 9.27 and other passages lay out. And this is likely including the 10 days of tribulation. So three years before as a day is a year in the seven year uh, seven week, one week covenant, I should say, of seven days, that would be three days with seven years for the end. And that's the time of Babylon rising and the time of the false prophets that are coming up that are starting to predict the prophecies of doom. That unless you convert to the one true religion, this contrived birth pang is going to happen. They won't call it a birth pang. They'll just do the Babel syndrome and try and scare everybody into one universal religion under one government or be destroyed from the face of the earth. And so we need to understand that this is a period of before the last seven years, there's a significant rise of Babylon influence and rising to power to create the religion of the last seven years. Well, let's say the last three, and a, the first three and a half years of the last seven to be more accurate. And of course we get a representation of Babylon in its description that is holding the 10 kings subservient to itself, whom the kings are going to grow jealous of, and they're going to hand their power over to Antichrist at the midpoint of the last seven years. And they're going to destroy Babylon. And we also know that Babylon is the one that controls all of the economic powers that they're going to grow jealous of and have control over all of the people in, in, in the world, again, as Revelation 17 talks about. And we also know that Babylon is going to deceive the world through sorceries. So sorceries is the word, and there's multiple words all meaning about the same thing. There's three different versions of sorcery and sorcerer and sorceries. It's pharmakeia. And that is like vaccines and the drugs that are being forced and prescribed upon people that we're seeing today with the prescriptions. And we're also seeing with the forced vaccinations that they're starting to talk about. So that will be a significant part of how Babylon leads people astray so that they can have better health and, and longer life along with the, the religion. And we're also know that Babylon will have blood of the saints on her hands, as recorded in Revelation 18. And we're also going to be told about how to come out of Babylon. So it's important to understand the timing of Babylon rising and what Jesus is talking about after the birth pangs of Matthew 24, 8 that are contrived because false prophets need false catastrophes. So expect it to be human created disasters. And it is before Zechariah 6 where the chariots and the four spirits of the world, the angels of prophecy and uh, empires are, are, are released just as the horses of Revelation 6, which are the seven, which are the baffling winds or spirits that ride the horses 
autos, as it goes back to the baffling wind, are the same riders as recorded in Zechariah 6 that go about to bring about this new world order, a new world religion from that rising Babylon. Talked about Revelation 2.10 for that first three years of the 10. And that will be the time of conquest to bring about Babylon coming to the top and then sponsoring Antichrist to negotiate the contract. And so as we move through the time of Daniel 9.27 in the first three and a half years, we have the time of... A reigning universal religion which has a 10 king worldwide government that is answering to it. And this is also the time of Matthew 24 9. So as we move out of the birth pangs, we're moving into Matthew 24 9, and that is the time of affliction. So Babylon comes to power. Now it's really going to start the tribulation and really heat the tribulation up to a level that we thought was there before or what we're seeing today against the church, we've seen nothing yet until we've seen what Babylon does. And this is the blood of the saints that is being talked about that is found within Babylon and why we're told to come out of Babylon at the midpoint of the last seven years. And this is the time of Revelation 6 still. And this is when we see the time of the saints, the martyrs, those who have died for the testimony of Jesus. These are the testimony of the church age. And now we're going into the last seven years. So you could mark the fifth seal, I think, in Revelation 6, 9, as the start of the last seven years. So just after, although I'm open to the, the seals being opened a little bit before, obviously, with what's going on. But from the start of the last seven years, this seems to be when it's going to take place. Because they're told to wait a little longer. For those who are killed like they are, who they have been killed, are to be killed in the great tribulation of the saints. Not in the wrath of God but the tribulation of the saints. Not the tribulation of the world that happens after the abomination that we'll talk about in a few minutes, but the tribulation of the saints. And so I think this is the first three and a half years of tribulation of the last seven. That's included amongst the ten in Revelation 2.10. And the age of Babylon is three and a half years because we know after Antichrist comes to power, He's going to be handed power by the ten kings to overthrow Babylon and does so. And that's shown in Revelation 17. And we also know that the midpoint when Antichrist comes to power is the abomination. And that's three and a half years. And we get that from uh, Daniel 9, 27 and Daniel 11 and elsewhere. And we also know that Christians are going to be afflicted and killed in 24.9, Matthew 24.9. And that word affliction is the please, which is tribulation, which is used for tribulation elsewhere. So in my opinion, the translators should have used the word tribulation there. It would have taken a lot of confusion out of things. And 
these are the ones that are also going to die for the sake of Jesus. And that's why we have the testimony. And in Mark and Luke, we've got the Holy Spirit still here that is helping us to testify before the world and rulers for the word of Jesus and the great Holocaust or genocide that comes, comes with that. And when we look at Matthew uh, 24, 11, um, this is the time of Babylon's false prophets. And so they'll be prophesying other things all throughout Babylon's rule and reign. And Revelation 7, 1 begins after seven years start or right at the start of the seven years and you have the 144,000 and they're going to be what appears to be martyrs as first fruits as are recorded in Revelation 14 1 through 5. So it looks to be at the same timing and I'm going to sort of double tap that as we get a little bit further on in the show and into the timing but that's three and a half years of preaching the gospel to the world and awakening lost Israel in preparation for, for second exodus. And we also have the time of the two witnesses, the two olive branches, the two witnesses of Jesus that stand before Jesus, just as Jesus stands amongst the seven churches and the two olive sticks in, uh, in, in the throne of God. And there in Revelation 11, they're to preach for three and a half years. So again, what we're seeing is a timing of a preaching of the gospel to the world. Just as you have the angel preaching the gospel of the world that comes about in Revelation 14, which starts to give you the same timing as what the 144,000 are declared as first fruits and seen in heaven, so likely martyred. So this is the first three and a half years, and then that starts to, to match up with um, the two witnesses that, as we talked about, will preach for 42 months. And if we look at the beginning of, of the seals, they have 25%, not the beginning, but the seal judgment with openings, they bring about a 25% destruction on the world. And so much so people are going to think it is the day of the Lord's wrath and with a great earthquake that, people, that the leaders of the world are going to hide in underground caves or uh, safety locations. And what's also interesting about the 25% is that that might be applicable to a time frame in the last seven years. So 25% of seven is 1.75 years, which leaves 5.25 years left, which begins in Revelation 7, 1, um, the opening of the trumpets. So you've got a maximum period of, of in this sort of scenario of 1.75 years or maybe even a little bit less. I'm just using some of the math and looking for some of the consistencies. And then you have the trumpets, which are 33% destruction and 33% of 5.25 is 1.75 again and three and a half. So the midpoint ending 
uh, around the midpoint of the last seven years. So interesting sort of math that compares with the numbers that are being used in seemingly perfect consistency. And the trumpets are going to bring a level of destruction not imagined and will bring about Antichrist with the amount of that destruction, not only from the wars, but from the pandemics, from the earthquakes, from the sun darkening, you name it, the birth pangs will be in full flying colors and tragic catastrophes throughout perhaps 1.75 years that are leading up to the midpoint of the last seven years or just slightly past that point. And so with the sealed judgments being permitted to happen, again, these are all contrived caused events that are going on by the leaders of the religion and which is Babylon and the 10 kings in the first three and a half years. And so there's going to be tension and I think there's going to be wars that are going to come out that this 10 king um, nation empire is not going to quite hold together the way that they want it to hold together. And so in Revelation 9, we have the abyss opening, which is still in the trumpets. And we also have World War Three, which is the Revelation 9 war. That's 200 million man people. 200 million people in an army that is this great alliance that is Joel 1 and 2, not Joel 1 and 3, not Joel 3 because that's Armageddon, but also seemingly the Gog War in the last days, but before the second exodus as talked about in Ezekiel 39. So it's in the last days, but before the exodus and before the midpoint of the last seven years. And this is the war that Antichrist will use to come to power on uh, and take credit for winning the war and will move his armies into Jerusalem and surround his armies that Luke 21, uh, yeah, Luke 21 is talking about. And this is the time of the abomination. So right as a consequence of this great alliance being destroyed and Antichrist being in that area with his army is going to come down to Jerusalem and set up the abomination at the midpoint. And that's Revelation 9. In Revelation 10, we have a great angel that is announcing the seven thunders unto the world, but John isn't permitted to write it down because we're getting very close to the great tribulation of the world as opposed to the tribulation of the saints. And in Revelation 10, it comes with the, the seventh trumpet, and after the seventh trumpet will be the mystery of God will be finished, and that introduces the bowl judgments. So we're getting all of this timing that is happening in the trumpets that ends about the midpoint or shortly thereafter of the, of, of the midpoint of the last seven years. And we also have the abomination that takes place at the midpoint that we talked about for a timing marker. And we have that's in combination with that um, Revelation 13, but I'm going to come back to that in a second. I'm going to talk about uh, the two witnesses that are killed after three and a half years, which are at that midpoint in Revelation 11. So we're getting the pieces that are continuing together. And just before we get into the discussion about Antichrist and then Revelation 12, you have a war in heaven and that um, in that war 
all the fallen angels and Satan are going to be cast down to the earth and are going to be partnered up with Antichrist and the false prophet and Babylon is going to be destroyed. And in Revelation 13, you have Antichrist who receives the power from the dragon, or, which is Satan and could possibly inter be interpreted as Apollyon as well as being a seraphim. Um, different rabbit hole that we're not going to go down today, but understand his power is going to come from the fallen angels that are coming down. And in Daniel 10, he uses this power to try and attack heaven. So that Daniel 8, verse 10, where he's actually going to pull some starry hosts down to the earth and oppress them, is at the midpoint and after the abomination. So just after. So we're in that age of the that time of the seventh trumpet. And this is the time when we move past the abomination and the time of the mark of the beast. So the abomination happens, the image goes up, everybody has to take the mark of the beast, and Antichrist's rule is for three and a half years, as Revelation 13 talks about. So Revelation 13 is still giving us the details of the rise and the completion of the first three and a half years and is coming to power. And then the great tribulation of the world not seen since the beginning of the world and the bull wrath that will come out of that in the year of the Lord's wrath and the year of, uh, of the Lord, probably one year, probably the last year of the last three and a half years, but before the year of the Lord's favor, which is the freeing of awakened Israel and leading visible Judah with Jesus at the front to the wilderness to meet those who fled at the time of the abomination from Jerusalem who are Judah and are going to be protected by God for, you guessed it, three and a half years. And so this is the timing of when the great tribulation of the world is going to go on. This is when the bull wrath will eventually come out sometime just after the point of the last seven years. That's when Jesus is going to ensure that we are saved from the wrath because the wrath bowls are the wrath. It is the year of the Lord it, or the year of the Lord's wrath um, and they are poured out. So that's what we're going to be saved from. And when we look at Revelation 14, which happens just before Revelation 15, is, which is in preparation for Revelation 16 and the raft bowls that leads to Armageddon, we get a completion of the details of the first three and a half years. So we see the 144,000 who are in heaven after their three and a half year preaching the gospel. And the angel has now just preached the last gospel to the whole world in Revelation 14 to complete what Jesus said that before his coming, the gospel will be preached to the world. Yes, the churches have preached throughout this, the, the church age and even into the first three and a half years. And there will be testimony even by those who do not take the mark in the last three and a half years. But God wants to make sure that once this this threshold has been crossed. Once this time has been crossed in the last three and a half years, that there is no excuse. So he has sent 144,000 to preach against the world order in Babylon in the first three and a half years. He sends us two witnesses who are witnesses to things that are 
key to who Jesus is, what happened to Jesus in the history of Israel and probably in the in the Antediluvian epoch. But we're not going to go into discussing as to who the two witnesses are today because that's like a show on its own. So we may do that down down the road. But Revelation 14 has the culmination of the 144,000. And then Revelation 14, 7 through 20, we get a summary of the last three and a half years. So everything that's going to happen after Jesus takes his people who are still alive, takes those who have died in him, after the last of the first fruits, because there's an order, Christ, the first fruits, and then when he comes, those who are still asleep and who have died in Christ and those who are still alive. So that has to be fulfilled and the first fruits are the second in the order. And the first fruits finish with the two witnesses and the 144,000 and all of those seen in Revelation 7 throughout the tribulation of the saints. And then Jesus comes for those who had faith in God and Jesus but died from other causes and those who are true Christians uh, to God and Jesus will be raptured and those who are not will still have a chance to earn their chance through fire and that's going to be the wrath bulls and there's no getting around it and not taking the mark of the beast and not worshiping Satan and not worshiping Antichrist and if you are killed in that then you will earn your right to be in the millennium and those who survive will go into the millennium and will be witnesses and will help repopulate for the millennium and so we get that summary of everything that's going to happen all the major events and that closes the first three and a half years. And if we just sort of let Revelation overlay on to what Jesus said, things start to make sense in the timing. And things start to make sense with all the other passages. So I'm hoping that that brought a few things together from episode uh, with the seven churches that we did last uh, two weeks ago. And hopefully when we do the next episode for the last three and a half years in a couple of weeks, you'll see how things fit together even more. So until next time, may God bless you abundantly. And if uh, you have any questions or you want to get hold of me, get hold of me through my website, the Genesis6Conspiracy.com. That's Genesis6Conspiracy.com. And thank you and goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.